Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hello there. Welcome to Florida, where it's hot. It's humid and the alligators run wild. Okay, no alligators so far, but I forgot bugs. Bugs. There's so many more bugs here than California, I feel like. There's a lot of bugs. Yeah, there's also a lot more, at least where we have been, like, you know, like canopied trees with like things that dangle from them. It's called moss. Yeah, well, I know, but there's also other dangly bits. So many dangly bits. Uh, Hello and welcome to our podcasting series in Florida. Here we are. We're on a trip. We're on a three-week trip. This is our first time recording on the road. Oh, sexy. That's me. Welcome. How do you feel right now? How does it does it feel different than just being in my studio, fart studio back? Okay, first of all, it's our fart studio, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, uh, no, feels pretty similar because we're on a couch. We have our mic set up. This is the whole audio uh, thing that I've been working through for the past couple months to try and get something that's like minimal and portable. So I feel really good about it. I'm I'm gonna be interested to hear it mm-hmm. as I edit it, and then you know. See I definitely how it think it will sound different just because of the audio quality in this room. It's a much more cavernous room. It is. It I is. wonder if it'll be echoey, but I know that the point of these mics is so it's not echoey. But I'm just kind of curious. So let's uh, first preamble topic uh, here. Yes. Let, Okay, let's go travel, then we'll go launch, and then we'll keep moving forward. Great. Yeah. Thanks, cruise just, director. Yeah, just letting you know. <laughs> uh, so we are on the road for three weeks in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we normally live in California, but you were born here in mm-hmm. Florida. I lived here for about 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. which is the Northeast. For those of you who don't know Florida geography, shame on you. <laughs> and we have come back for three weeks to see your college friends, your family, my family, and then your other family. That's correct. (laughs) All the families. But these three weeks are our way of connecting with family and friends here that we, you know, know and love. But then it's kind of like our last hurrah before the year of traveling abroad when we're not going to come back to the States, knock on wood, and we're not going to see family for another year. So we wanted to really like pack in a bunch of good family time. by the way, we hadn't seen family since COVID. So that it was going on almost two years at this point. So we felt ready to since the panini everybody. press started since the panini press started um so yeah we're we're here we've already experienced one airbnb so we're staying at three well four airbnbs yeah. are we gonna tell that let's save that for tomorrow the airbnb story yeah, yeah okay okay that's tomorrow for us but it'll be next week for you it's just a little cliffhanger Cliffhanger. so our f- <laughs> cliffhanger do you like <laughs> <laughs> do you like airbnb horror stories tune in next it's week it's not a horror story it's not uh but anyway so our first airbnb was absolutely lovely oh vero beach florida couldn't have been a more magical way to start the trip yeah it was just fantastic it was this little casita which is just like a guest house off of a this main cute house couple had just like linda and ron linda and ron they had parisian jazz playing on oh, the it alexa was, device it when was we walked not in. our decor there style there was fake candles lit there was wine glasses <laughs> on the table it was fantastic there was just tchotchkes there were everywhere. so many tchotchkes but, but i didn't mind but we didn't mind I you kind of just it. soaked it in yeah so we did the vero beach thing we were there for a couple days then we scooted on up uh north to saint augustine palm coast right outside of jacksonville area this is where we're spending time with your family mm-hmm. so we're in our third airbnb because our second airbnb again cliffhanger next week (laughs) um so this one is very like i would call this florida home 
It's, yeah. It's like, Florida home. Just Florida home. Florida TM. home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like when you in your mind go and just search like normal Florida home in Google Images and you just look at the inside and outside, this is it. Yeah, which we love. It's great because well, it's... I, false. No, 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 no. I'm saying we love the fact that we don't, no, we would not live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after our fiasco, mm. it was just nice to get just a blanket vanilla Florida home. Exactly. I just want some space. I want this, may, maybe a live, laugh, love sign yeah, on the yeah, wall. Absolutely. This house is the Honey Nut Cheerios of cereals. <laughs> like, you're not going to go wrong. It's going to be tasty if you're going to have a bowl. Yeah. But you're not telling anybody you had a good bowl. Right. Now it's like a Cinnamon Toast Crunch or like a Reese's, what's the Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs. Balls Puffs. Thank you. Uh, Reese's Puffs. You're going to tell a friend that you had that. You're right. going to be like, hey, that's a Linda and Ron situation. <laughs> yeah. This is a Honey Nut Cheerios. Yes, fine. I had it's it. Fine, it's you know great. what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, we're here for another couple days. Uh-huh. Again, time's going to be weird as we share these podcast episodes and record them. But here for another couple days. Then we move to a condo that's actually on the beach in the town that we used to live in, which is called Ponte Vedra, which is right outside of Jacksonville. Uh, but excited because that's like that one's going to be kind of like partial vacation. Because we got partial ocean, family because we, we don't we're get right on the ocean back home. Yeah, back in California. So yeah, we're cruising along. Yeah, way to just update everybody. Yeah, in case wanted you're to. Like, they, what? they wanted to. I was getting so many messages. Well, and also, you texts. know, I had been sharing on social a lot more leading up to the launch. And then with the travel and the launch and everything, yeah. I've been sharing less on social. So I was thinking to myself, like, people are probably like, where, what are they doing? Where are you? Where are you? What's going on? What are you? Also, I think it's funny for us to share like photos or videos from the beach. It feels different for us because we're obviously on the other coast. And it's like, oh, like, this is like home. They're like, this have- looks exactly the same. There's sand, there's water, there's birds. What are you doing? Uh, also, shout out to Jen, uh, who said she was afraid of birds when you shared the thing of birds. I saw so that. Uh, did you see that? What? She wrote back and she was like, I have a real fear of birds. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I'm so sorry. This and blue said, heron I was will, majestic. I will send that bird your disregard. Exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we're here. We're, we're hanging out. We're getting some work done. One, of, one thing I did want to kind of mention was routines mm-hmm. while you're traveling oh boy yeah this is something we knew we knew we this knew going it. in yeah, it's not like a surprise traveling and working is very difficult but full-time traveling and working we know is going to be can't tough give them too much because we are going to hopefully record a podcast episode that's all about what we learned number like, two well, we are sort of taking notes actually this is so you and me it really we're is. taking notes in notion of things that we're learning while we travel like lessons learned so that we can apply it to traveling full-time next year. So we're not going to share too much. Cliffhangers. Cliffhangers. But yes, as you said, you know, just not having our... Today was probably the most routine. Right. Like no, normal, normal work day. Normal day kind of because day. we didn't have... We're not seeing anyone today. So yeah. it's, all, it's been very much like meet up with this person, meet up with that person. Um, but today was just we needed to get some work done and be stationary for a while. So we got to kind of recalibrate, yeah. which feels good for me. You know, it's an interesting thing that Tell I was me about it. Uh, speaking of routines. This isn't like giving too much away, but I have not done my nighttime meditation right. since I've been here. Or your sleepy tea. Or my sleepy tea, like any of my nighttime yeah. stuff. And I think it's just because traveling exhausts you so much that you're just more tired. Yeah. Uh, but I found that also, kind of fascinating. What if maybe your body is just supposed to be on Eastern time and this whole time we've lived <laughs> on the West Coast, you've just been going to bed maybe. three hours too early. <laughs> Do you think there's anything to that? No, not at all. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, also, this is just a little silly fact for those of you who have listened to us uh, intimately describe the fart studio situation. Um, the couch intimately describe the fart studio, studio situation. Uh, the couch that we normally sit on and record on that we have for over a hundred episodes, basically, it's a two cushion love seat. It's, a, it's for love. It's for love. 
we're much closer on that couch. Yeah. Do you this feel far couch, away from me This right couch now? is a three-cushioner. And you feel so far away. You're like a semi-truck's length away from me. <laughs> like, I feel like I almost have to yell for you to hear me. <laughs> it's That's one cushion really longer. It's, did you not notice it? Do you not know, at it all. It doesn't know? You, oh. know what, you, you feel so far away. I love away. you so much. I need you to hey, scoot hey, up. Hey, look at me. I love you so much. You know why? Because yeah. I didn't notice that. What, yeah. I, what I noticed, and I'm curious if you did, is that in our fart studio... We're flipped. We're flipped. We're flipped. The couch faces the yeah. other direction, even though the direct... Well, I guess it's we're flipped. The reason that we're flipped too is because the audio recorder, the plug in the wall is over there. Mm. And so I didn't have anywhere to plug it on that side. It kind of threw me for a loop because I like to be on my same side. Right. But I've also been challenging my uh, um, rigidity, my tendencies of yes. like where I sleep on which side of the bed. You've been noticing. I I've been trying been to just like switch sides to try and, to just yeah, be just able to be more flexible. Up. Yeah. And so far, has it led to look just, how loosey goosey so, I am? I'm such a loosey. Your word of the year a couple years ago was loosey. It's true, and I think I've done a great job. Okay, let's get into a little bit of a launch. Uh, just chat about it for a couple minutes here in the preamble. Now, we're, gonna, were you, we're gonna dear, do a dear listener, were you sad that we didn't have a sponsor for today's episode? Yeah. Did you miss our sponsor? They I said. Know. Some of you uh, definitely mentioned that you love the sponsor. They, and yeah. the sponsor, our sponsor decided they were like, okay, our contract is up. Maybe yeah. we'll come back around in spring like, of next year. You know, we're going to full time travel too. We're like, wow, that's wow, really interesting. That's You're doing the same thing we are. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Maybe we'll have another one. Uh, interesting little, this is a tidbit. Great. Little tidbit. Just give me a tidbit. Our show has not grown much in listenership. Like Great. it has Great. 12. We're now at 13. 13 I think, think LaShonda said LaShonda she was said at number she 11. Was 11 but and technically, then... she's like 14 at this point. Right. Hey, slow down, everybody. Slow down, everybody. Can't keep up with the amount right. of listeners we have. Uh, we can. Um, but we have been getting more, e and by more, I mean one every three months previous to this. Mm -hmm. We're getting like one a week or two. One every two weeks is probably fair. I want to sponsor your podcast <gasps> requests. Now, do they and say... These aren't, these aren't like bullshit like i'm a marketing agency it's like no i'm a company i've listened really? to your show like they're they're actually reaching out I intentionally i didn't even know this so you don't even tell me remember i told you one that was a drink it was like a weird drink oh it was like, it was a, like yeah. a nutrition thing and i said you said no I said, way mm -hmm. i don't guess drink what fluids guess what you said i drink eight ounces of fluid a day max i told jason i will never do a sponsorship who knows if this podcast will be sponsored in the future like real real sponsored but i said i will never do a sponsorship that is like weight loss nutrition for sure this like, one and this one's not that this was like a mental clarity drink but i understand where you're coming from that, we want to steer like, clear of yeah i'm just like you like know spindrift what? hey spindrift drink if you're listening what you want to drink believe in all the nootropics and all the things you want to drink what I'm was not, that the nootropics well, that's not a word nootropics nootropics yeah oh new okay you acted like i made up a word it's like literally <laughs> the most subtle difference in pronunciation <laughs> all right let's keep going here what was it florida <laughs> Is it Florida? Like, yeah, I didn't make up a state. It's just Florida. Can you give me a quick Florida song? Shorty got low, Thank low, you. low. Isn't that? Yeah, congratulations. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, launch, are we doing a full launch recap episode? Did we put that on our list? Do you want me to consult? Uh, you, no, are I'm you just... asking me for real? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know either. <laughs> Let's just do a real quick Maybe then. Maybe we will. Real quick post-mortem. I, I think we said we did. I think we said we did. Maybe we will. Uh, here, here's the look. thing. Here's the thing real quick. No, no, don't look. Ah, don't, come don't, on. Look. don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. If you're one of our 14 listeners, LaShonda, what's up? Um, you know, Oscar, Sarah, everybody else. Um, send us an email if you want a full launch recap. 
episode. Because we may or may not have planned it already. <laughs> and if we didn't, this will tell us that we want it. Yes. Hello at wanderingaimfully.com yes. is our email. Feel free to send us an email. Let I, us know you I want a full reach. I can already tell you, you guys are nosy Nancy's. You yeah. want to know how many sales so we got. You want to know what worked and what didn't. Yeah, for our and Wayne, I don't blame you because For I'm our Wayne members, yeah. you will get a full debrief in, in our October coaching session. We do a field notes thing where we break down something in our business. After every launch, we do a full debrief, how it went, what went on. So... Let's not bury the lead. Let's give them a little something. Just a little taste. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Give them something else. Okay. So I just had a, just a side combo with my co-host. And uh, I'm not allowed to tell you the, uh, the number of people that joined. Well, that's the whole point. Right. But I can tell you. What I can tell you is <laughs> it was awesome. our biggest launch to yes, date. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. I know. Okay. That's what you're talking about. It was our most enrollments yeah. to date. And everybody's so awesome. And I yeah. just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. And it's, I would say our spring launch was probably smoother in yeah work, execution. execution, kind of how we felt. Or maybe not. We always sort of like, it's like they childbirth. Kind of you just together. sort of like forget. Oh, you I know, mean, I've heard. You know about that? Yeah. Well, as, a, as official as parenting, parenting experts. experts. Yeah. But I've heard that people like, once hey, you get past a certain date, you're like, oh, what was it like? Yeah. It for all the For all the guys out there listening, don't worry. Watching your wife have birth is easy. I've watched YouTube videos of it happening. Watching your wife have birth. Also, heads up, you that uh, that is a very heteronormative thing to assume is that it's husbands watching their wives. Ah, very true, so very just true. A, just a little reminder there. Uh, also, found out you could give birth standing up recently. Didn't know that was a thing. Well, you asked me that, and I was like, "Well, I think you could. I think they." Probably... It was on the show, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's actually I was like, true. I don't think that. And then you I should. didn't want to Google that anyway. Anyway, uh, so the launch the launch went well, uh, as well as I think a launch can go when you're like making a product leading up to it. Is you know not just a launch; you have like another thing mm-hmm. that you're creating with it. We're so excited for all of our new Waymers. They've been introducing themselves in our Slack community. This is not to rub it in your face if like you couldn't join or you wanted to join or it wasn't the right time for you. This is just to say we are very happy. We feel super grateful for this community to continue to grow and even just for this podcast to be a place for that community to also kind of like listen in and get you know more behind the scenes stuff of what we're up to. Definitely. This is the place for the behind the scenes for sure. Okay, let's get into it because this episode is a, I'd call it a hot top. Hot top. It's a hot top. And it's one of those ones that it comes up a lot for uh, people that we talk to in Wayne. It comes up a lot for people who email us. It comes up, uh, you know, through your time as an entrepreneur. This happens to all of us. Yep. And what is that thing, Caroline? You got zero sales. What do you do? You did a launch. You did a launch. You built a new thing. You're you, so excited. You put it out there. Not a single Not person bought. Not a single bought. purchase. You, and you are disappointed, rightfully so. Yes. And on this podcast, we want to, first of all, make space for that disappointment because there's nothing wrong with you that you're disappointed. That is a disappointing thing to have happen. But we wanted to offer um, some tips or some suggestions about how maybe you can, here's a word, alchemize that disappointment into something more, um, you know, helpful that you can bring forward. So we just thought to ourselves, if, if this is a very hyper-specific podcast topic, yeah. but we know it happens to a lot of you out there. So if you find yourself in a situation where 
you put all this effort into something, you launched it, you, you got zero sales, come back to this episode and we hope that you'll find it helpful. I also think that's a really good episode for those of you who might be working toward building your first digital product, your new service, leaving a nine to five to start your own thing, and you're worried about- This is a fear that you have. Like, no one's gonna buy it, what's gonna happen? Hopefully by listening to this, you go, oh, interesting. Well, that gives me some things to think about ahead of time so that I, if, if this happens, which by the way, this is like a rite of passage. Yeah, exactly. Having no sales, having a disappointing launch, having no one show up for things, it, it happens to all of us in varying degrees. Yes. And sometimes it happens in like a big way. Sometimes it happens in a small way. Mm -hmm. And they all suck equally, uh, but they all teach you lessons and they all help just build your knowledge base of what to do moving forward, of how to prepare yourself next time, and just how to take lessons from your own experience and use them for your own business. Absolutely. And we hope that above all else, it makes you feel like there's not something wrong with you yes. specifically. That's what we really want you to take away. It, it can be very easy, and we'll talk about this, but it can be very easy to walk away from something like that and a disappointment like that and create this narrative in your head that it's your fault yeah. or that you are not cut out for this, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And we really want you to not go down that uh, brain path. Yes. We want you to just hang back, hang yeah. back here with us. Yeah. We're gonna send you down some different brain paths. Let's do it. Okay. Where do you wanna go first? I wanna start with something that you say very often, which is your net worth is not your self-worth and just right. reminding people of that. And yeah. I know we talk about this all the time about money and, and your accomplishments and, and decoupling yourself from the you know accomplishing things and yeah. not trying to tie that to your self-worth, but it bears repeating. Yeah, and, and this is not my phrase. I didn't come up with this. I'm not like the first person to say it, but it's something that is very difficult as a human entrepreneur trying to make money by doing things you get very caught up in the money is the measure of your success because that's what we see everywhere mm -hmm. that then you start to kind of put that on your your own worth and go well i didn't get any sales so I'm just not good at this, I'm not cut out for this, I'm, I'm not a good person. And that's not at all true. It just means that some things were out of alignment or maybe you jumped ahead of a couple things you should have done first, which we'll talk a lot more about. But it's just so important to try to detach yourself from money being the measure of how you feel about yourself as a yeah. person. And, and not taking this one negative outcome and internalizing it and making it mean something that it doesn't have to mean about who you are as a person. And when we were talking about this episode, I told Jason the metaphor that popped into my head for this, and hopefully you'll find it funny too, was, you know, Nicolas Cage. We all know Nick. You know Nick. We know Nick okay? Cage. So just walk with me here. Yeah. Nicolas Cage in America, or in, what is it called? National, National Treasure. Treasure. Yeah. I was like, American Treasure? That's not right. Could have been. National Treasure. Yeah. Um, so picture Nick trying to do one of those like twisty lock things, you know, where like it has- a puzzle of it's some like sort. A, yeah, it's like a combination lock, but each thing is like a, um, d a little cylinder and you have to twist them all until the right characters like line up or whatever yeah. and then it unlocks, yeah. okay? I, there's a name for that and I forget Someone what Someone will email us because they're yelling at the- Yeah, they're, they're like, this is what it's called. Yeah. I'm really into clues. Yeah. You guys know I love clues, okay? Carol so I love clues. National Treasure. So I picture business and launching things like one of those twisty combination, we're gonna call it a twisty combination lock thing. Oh, nice. Where all of these variables have to line up just right in order to kind of crack the code or unlock 
um, you know, the secret to getting sales. And that's just the way business works. There's a million different variables. But Nick Cage doesn't like, you know, line up the things and then not get not get it unlocked and think to himself like, oh, I'm a bad person. That's not how he would say it. No, he'd be like, oh, let's try again. No, that's like, not how he would well, say it. He'd be like, how well, would he say I'm not a bad person. Wow, nice. Love it. Love it. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but he would do that. He wouldn't think he was a bad person. He would just think, oh, I need to try a different combination. Yes. I need to try again. I need to line this up a little bit differently until I get the right kind of things in a row. And then that's when I'll be able to crack the code. Yes. And that's the thing. You right now, you are not bad at business. You are not, you know, not cut out for this or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just you have not figured out the right combination of factors the the market fit the the price the marketing lead up content the audience audience the yeah. problem solution all these different variables you just haven't gotten the right combination of those things yet in order to get the sales and yeah. we're going to get you there it just how you know what's the secret to cracking that little twisty unlock code it's trying different times switching the pieces around until you get it staying on this nick cage metaphor because we all love it um when nick is working with the twisty unlock combination yes. thing sometimes he might find himself going i got the first one yes the glyph is lined up it locked the into glyph. place the glyph mm. g-l-y-p-h of obviously course. not g-l-i-f which is like a little I camera attachment to that add we love. this to my trendy baby name list glyph. i would add glyph glyph yeah, yeah. so the second one Here's what Nick Cage is not going to do. What? He's not going to stay where he is right now because he knows he's going to find out more information about this second stage somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And this is for you listening to this. You might find yourself going, well, here's what's wrong with this is I need to keep redoing the brand. I need to keep redoing my sales page. I need to keep redoing. I know we're going to get to more on this. But what I'm what I'm saying about this second part of this yeah. is you stay in the same place doing the same thing you got to move about to find new clues you got to go in gotta different twist areas another you got to keep cylinder. twisting things differently but in different areas as well of your business and what you're right. trying to do right. so anyway i think that kind of wraps up the nick cage metaphor the self net worth self-worth discussion yes and just remi reminding yourself that to try not to internalize it and make it all about you as a person yeah the next one the next like piece of advice is very tactical Let's which is it. okay what are we going to do now this is definitely something that you need to put on your to-do list is send a post-purchase survey to your email list. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so you need, the reason you need to do this is because you need to find out real data from your audience about why it, the pieces didn't line up in the twisty combination lock. Yes. And not just make assumptions like, oh, it was the product or this, or my, yeah. I'm, I'm pricing it too high. You need to know that from your customers or potential customers, not just the story that you're making up in your brain. There's a really interesting thing that happens when you're building a thing and selling a thing. And it's while you're doing it, you start to have all these fraudy thoughts and feelings fraudy. of saying, this is, no one's gonna like this product. Why am I someone that someone's gonna buy this from? Mm -hmm. Is my price too high? Like uh, these are just things that come up constantly. They're just the things that we think when we're building things. And the problem is, is that when then no one buys, your brain almost says like, aha, aha, see, aha see. validated all of my assumptions. But it's not true. Yeah. It's not true until you get the data from other people that tells you that it was one of those things. Mm -hmm. So that's why sending a post-purchase survey, as much as you may have just thought, oh, I just sent my list a whole bunch of emails. Um, oh, I just like sent social posts out for the last two weeks out the wazoo. Like I, I just hit people with a lot of info. Um, 
it's it, you have to send this one more thing so that you can get feedback. So we've got a couple like really tactical things for this email that will help you. Um, the first thing I do want to say is it doesn't have to be a survey. It can literally just be an email that says with, write back with these things. <clears throat> right. So if you're someone who like doesn't want to set up a Google form or a type form, although those would be two very easy services to use to do this. It can just be an email. I've done that many times before, and it's helpful just to let people reply and tell you. Definitely. Um, my question I wrote down here for you was, <clears throat> excuse me, do you send to your whole list or do you just send this email, this post-purchase uh, survey email to, it's not, I keep saying a post-purchase survey. That's it's not a, what it is. It's a post-launch post survey. Yeah, post-launch survey. Sorry about that. But do you send this to your whole list or you only send it to people who clicked on the sales page? Really great question from the crowd. Thank yep, you for thank asking. You. Uh, so if you're very early on in your business, and I would say that this is maybe your first time launching or your second time launching, it goes to your whole list because you need as much data as possible to mine through and to get through. And, and honestly, you might have a small email list that you're not gonna get many replies anyway. So you wanna give yourself the best chance to hear from as many people as possible. Plus this really helps you identify, is my core audience, my whole audience that I have right now, which might only be 100 subscribers, 200, 300, however many, is it the right audience? So I'll go whole list. If you're much later on down the road, kind of like we are, uh, you know, the past couple launches with Wandering Aimfully, and this is maybe like two years ago, we would always be tracking the people who clicked through to the sales page from our emails list. So we would just set up a tag on the link in our email. Then we would have this list of say like 150 people who clicked a link we could send them specifically this thing because we've really already heard from the majority of our audience. Now we just wanna know why this group of 150 people didn't buy. Mm -hmm. Are we missing the mark in some way? And mm -hmm. so that, that gives us that data. So I would just say for the majority of you listening to this who are probably in your first couple of launches, you have a small audience, send it to everybody. Mm -hmm. Also from the crowd, putting myself mm. in the shoes of someone who maybe just had a launch, got zero sales. I know this is something that I would have thought if I was in their shoes early on do I really want to send this post-launch survey because are people then going to know that nobody bought and yeah. I, and I'm embarrassed and I don't want people to know that nobody bought again. Fantastic question. Really Thank great you. job. Thank yeah. you. Uh, this is something that it's all about positioning. So what you don't do is you don't send this email and say, Hey everyone. So no one bought the course I was just telling you about. Can you fill out the survey to tell me why? Right. No, you just position it as hi, I noticed you didn't buy my product. Would you be willing to give me some helpful feedback so I can learn more about you? Yeah, or even position it like now, you know, thank you so much for letting me come into your inbox the past week or two or whatever. Now that the launch is over, I'd love while it's still fresh, I'd love to get some more information. Exactly. You just you don't and have cut it there. Yeah, like, you don't, don't have to give going. the context yeah. of like you know, I'm sad. Here's I've been my non-sales dashboard. Here's my bank account if you want to <laughs> log in and see that like it didn't grow times six and like you know you don't need to do all those things. It just needs to be short, sweet, and really focus on you're just looking for feedback. Mm -hmm. You're not looking to share that it didn't go well. That's not an important part of that email. Great. Tactical. So then my next question from the audience. Oh, this is great. I love it. I feel like I'm on the hot seat in this, in this uh, hot top. I just keep being the one with the notes. So oh, yeah, it's great. Fine. But all right. So what am I including in that survey? If, I, if I'm yeah. someone who's like, okay, great. I know I need to send it, but what questions do I include? Now you're asking me this question, but you could also answer the question. I will I answer believe. the question. That's oh, great. you're going to toss it right back yeah, to me. Yeah, toss it so back to you. We really like a mixture of quantitative and qualitative data. So for those of you that don't know those terms, quantitative would be like, you know, 
per- percentages, num- multiple choice questions where you can see what percentage yes. of people. Um, it's something where you can quantify the answers in yeah. some way. Qualitative, you can't quantify the answers because it's more open-ended questions where people can just give you answers. So... I would recommend maybe a direct multiple choice question that's like, which of these best describes the reason you did not purchase XYZ product? And then I would list out a couple of options. What are those options? I would list out things like, um, the price for the value or something, something worded like that. Yeah. The the price was too high for the value. Yes. Uh, it wasn't clear what I would get when I purchased. Um, the timing just wasn't right for me right now, which is great. because that, that can definitely show you, we've had that happen in a bunch of times where someone's just going through a rough patch. And they're like, yeah. oh, I want to join Wham Unlimited, but just like right now, like I'm transitioning business or like I just, you know, had a kid and like I don't, you know, that's, those things take a lot of time and money, I guess. As it turns out. Oh. <laughs> and it's not a good time. So yeah. when you know that, that's also a really helpful, like that to me is one of the best questions you can get an answer from someone where it completely takes the onus off of you and how you have to feel about your product. Totally. And it could even give you some interesting data on, I don't know, maybe you decided to do a launch in the summer because you thought, oh, people are going to be, you know, their kids are going to be in summer camp and maybe they're going to have more time to go through this or something. But then you get all these answers of people saying the timing isn't right for me. Maybe you can draw some conclusions and go, well, next time I launch it, I'm going to just try in the fall instead of the summer to change up that variable. So that, that could help inform decisions like that. Or something that was just like, I don't need this or I didn't have, you know, this problem that this is a solution to isn't a problem I have. Something along those lines. Again, like Jason said, giving people an option of where, oh, their opinion, I'm not really interested in anyway because they were never going to buy it in the first place. So those are just a couple of things. Of course, whatever comes to mind in your own business, include those. And that will give you, because it's multiple choice, that'll give you some like clear direction. Of course, you don't have context with those things, but sometimes it's good to just get numbers instead of context. Which brings us to the second question, which is then I would do a qualitative question, which is an open-ended paragraph type question that says, you know, can you give, you know, more context or... Two to three sentences of why you Could you elaborate on why you didn't purchase this? And that will give you things that you hadn't even thought of. Yeah, this this one I think is really good too because you can kind of look for patterns in here because you might have someone say the price was too high, but then in the, the... open-ended question they're saying like i didn't know if it was an online course or a membership or, or something like that and you're going oh well this was also this was like a confluence of things mm-hmm. for them the the price seemed too high because they just didn't know what they were getting mm-hmm. so it's actually two problems you can solve in one or at least you can see like oh it's actually not that the price is too high it's like when we were doing wandering Gameplay at the beginning it's like a hundred dollars a month felt a lot for a membership mm-hmm, program mm-hmm. but a hundred dollars a month for a coaching program feels very affordable Mm -hmm. and so it's just about understanding that difference and so that's why having the open-ended question is great because you can then see oh someone said this is the multiple choice but then they elaborated and now i have more context of why they said that Yeah, or the price is too high and then in the in the open-ended you find out like oh they're actually much earlier on their business journey or whatever and so they're not going to pay for that and then you think to yourself, oh, they weren't my target yeah. audience anyway. So yeah. um, you don't have to include just those two questions, but you know you do want to keep it short yeah. to get uh, to As incentivize many, people to yeah. answer. I was also thinking this wasn't a tip that we said, yeah. but if you do have a much smaller audience and you're afraid that you're not going to get that much m- respondents, think about offering some sort of 
raffle prize or something for people who fill out the survey. I remember I did this early on in Made Vibrant. Yeah. So one person who fills out the survey will receive, you know, a gift card, a $25 gift card or whatever sure. it is. Yeah. I think that's a worthy investment if you really are invested in learning for your next launch going forward. Um, I think it's worth it to try yeah. to get some of those respondents. And the last thing in the email that we would have is an optional enter your email if you wouldn't mind if I replied back to you with potential follow-up questions. Yeah. And that's optional. So you want to leave that open for someone to be able to say, yeah, like I would love to support you and, and give you more information. Like I'm a big fan. I love your emails. And, and here's my email. That's not just so that you can continue the conversation, but that's also for those of you who want to offer the survey anonymously so that yeah. you'll get more truthful answers. Of course, if you're going to offer some sort of prize, you will need their emails. Yeah, but. for sure. <clears throat> so hopefully that post launch survey email is helpful. Uh, and, and here's the thing. If you send it and you get no responses, send a follow up. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just the thing that as a online business owner, you're going to have to get comfortable with asking people for things, putting yourself out there, being a little bit uncomfortable and doing things that you don't feel are in your wheelhouse to get yourself to be able to move forward a little bit and to learn something. Absolutely. Okay, so that's our practical tactical. Practical tactical. Now moving on to, I, you know, I love a reframing moment. I love to take a picture off the wall. <laughs> I love to Put pull it, that frame off. Pull it off. I love to Pop sand a new that, one on. I'd love to sand that frame down. Spray paint it. I would love to spray paint a nice glossy coat of a glossy coat of like a Sierra mist. What color is that? Uh, use your imagination. It could be any color you want it to be. I was really going like our friend Bob Ross would say. I was going into like a very muted sea foam. That's exactly what it could be. Okay, it's great. wonderful. <laughs> You're welcome. I love a reframing. Yes. Uh, just a different way of looking at a you know a potentially negative situation. And again, this is not about toxic positivity. This is not about pretending that you're not upset. This is not about not allowing yourself to be disappointed. You can all those things, but let's look at it from a different angle and see if there's a different emotion that we can get out of it. And for me, this is about focusing on after this launch, what do you have instead of focusing on what you don't have? So yes. we already know we, we don't have the sales and that's that sucks and we don't like that. But what do we have? So yeah. I think focusing on things like asking yourself, okay, what new skills did I acquire in the process of making this? You know, it's like, oh, did you learn a new trick of like editing videos for your course? Or did you figure out a new little design hack that you learned in the process? Or all just telling yourself, okay, this wasn't all for nothing. I learned, you know, new skills. Yep. I, I practiced putting myself out there. Another one that I think is important is like every single time that you have a quote unquote business failure, remind yourself that it is making you more resilient. Like people literally never move forward with their business because they're afraid of failure. Yep. And the fact that you just proved to yourself that you can do a launch and get zero sales and you can move forward anyway, that is going that puts you in an echelon of business owners that have the most chance of succeeding because you're not afraid of zero sales anymore. Yeah, you know? it's, it's a badge of honor that we all it's carry. It's a badge of honor. Like we all, and you, like some of us get more of those badges than others. Yeah, <laughs> And right. you just carry them around and you go, look at this sash. Look at these <laughs> badges. Sash? I got the, I thought I was going to be a disappointment badge. And I got the fraudy feelings badge. And I got the imposter syndrome badge. And I got the fear of selling badge. And I got the over committing badge. And it's like, yeah, we all have all these badges because yeah. we all go through all of these things. And also here's like a little spoiler alert for your entire online business. You're not going to just like figure this out and never run into this stuff again. Right. You may launch a new product after having a successful couple in your, on, on your sash and it doesn't work out. Yep. And, it gets easier to deal with that and to understand how to move forward with that. 
by just continuing to do these things. Right. And the other thing I wanted to mention in the reframing that we talk about all the time. The time. Is you've now created a thing. An asset. You have an asset for your business. So the, the really easy way to think about this is you buy a house and you've put so much of your money, your savings, you know, everything that you have financially into a home. And while it's a little bit volatile, the real estate market is fickle, it's still a thing. It's mm -hmm. still an asset that you have. Now, there are so many, like we have a, a very personal story of an asset not working out and we had to foreclose on the house and like it did not work out well. But that's a badge on our sash. It's not gonna stop us from buying a house again in the future because we've now had that experience and it's just showing us okay, this is an asset that may not work out, but I can learn some things from it. So like for us, I would never buy like a beige Florida house again in a neighborhood that is like not appealing to people of I our generation. I feel like you really took this metaphor and you went down like the foreclosure route. Yeah. I'm going to pull you right back. Cause well, the yeah, whole, no. no, 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 you're yeah, doing great. Yeah, you're yeah, doing great. Yeah, I yeah. love the metaphor. No, it's great. But the whole point I think of what you're trying to sell with this idea of the house is now you have a thing that you can reconfigure and use to your advantage in all types of sort of ways. Oh, you have a house. You could sell it for cash. Oh, you have a house. Oh, you could rent it out to renters. You could make monthly income. Oh, you have a house. You can practice your DIY skills. You have this thing now yeah. in your tool belt that you can use as leverage. Si similarly, you've just done a launch. You've created a product or you've put together the packages for a client service thing. You've done the hard work of thinking through all these things. In the future, you could repackage that. You could try to sell it in a different way. You could, um, you know, you could actually t destroy the whole thing and turn it into videos and actually make it a free marketing lead up to something else. Yeah. You have this thing now that you've put hard work into that you can use in all these different ways. And yeah. I really, I loved the metaphor, but you just, I yeah, just I, to, I veered off. You in veered. That. I just, I was going to try and come back around to that as well because yeah, that's the point I of having an asset. Yeah, but I think it works in both ways, right? It does, like it, it, and that's the the beauty of this is having. The this thing that is something that a lot of people never get to. Like a lot of people never get to finishing a thing and having it and then being, uh, a, you know, having the ability to then leverage that mm -hmm. thing in the future, however that looks like. So so after you've kind of been gotten done reframing Sierra it in your Mist mind. Sierra reframing. Sierra Mist reframing. Not the drink, the color. Now, and also I would recommend doing this next step after maybe it's, I don't know how long the time will take you, but after that disappointment sting has worn off a little bit because yeah. it's so fresh in the beginning, you close down whatever your launch is and you're like, okay, well, that's it. There's, you know, didn't get any sales. And that's gonna hurt for a couple of days, but wh whenever that sting wears off and you feel ready, put your scientist hat on, which I understand, I don't think scientists wear hats. Depends have, on the scientist. Like a seen, geologist would wear a hat, don't you think? Uh, They'd be like on a volcano, they yeah, wear a hard hat. Yeah, yeah. All right, put on your scientist hat yep. and draw some conclusions about what might have been the sticking points or what might have, you know, which of the combination locks do we think are, are out of sync yeah. in order to apply it to your next launch? So, so this is the launch post-mortem. The post-mortem. I don't yeah. like the term post-mortem. It oh, just okay. feels a little morbid. But How about post-modem? Post-modem. This is the post-modem. <laughs> it's after modems. The post-malone? Uh, it could be a Post Malone. Posty. Okay, you're a Do posty. your Post Malone. Yeah. And the place I'd start is probably your marketing bridge. Yeah. Um, if you don't know that phrase, go back to our marketing bridge podcast episode and we'll explain the concept to you. But it's really your customer journey. How does someone go from being a stranger, just like wandering about on the internet? How do they hear about you? How do they learn to trust you? How do they find out about your product? How do they ultimately decide to buy your product? Yeah. So what is that journey that you have outlined? And where do we think the weak points are on that journey. Yep. Do we think, oh, you know what? 
I don't actually have a, like a lot of content for people to even find me. So I'm not getting a lot of traffic to my website or my social media and it just or my means, email list. or my email list. And yep. it just means that I don't have enough people getting eyes on my brand. Okay. Yep. Let's fix that maybe next yep. time or, okay, I'm getting plenty of people, but like people aren't signing up for my email newsletter. And so then by the time my launch comes around, I don't have a lot of people that are opening up my emails. And so yep. it's just a numbers game. Okay. Let's fix that. Or do I think it's my sales emails? I only sent one sales email yep. and I'm realizing that's just not enough. Okay, next time we're gonna do more. Like what are those weak points? And you yeah. kind of, in this scenario, I challenge you to try to view, this is an unsolved businesses callback. Okay. Try to view yourself like a detective or yeah. like a scientist where a little bit impartial, you know, don't make this again a story about what you did or didn't do this launch or, right. or feel guilty about that. Just really try to be objective and go, okay, if I'm just looking at this as someone else's business, yeah. what would I tell them were maybe some things that I could tell were weak spots in the strategy leading up to the launch? Yeah. And I think the, I think probably the most important post Malone detective work you can do mm -hmm. is what was my pre-launch lead up? Yes. And really break this down. How many emails did I send ahead of time where I was warming people up to this and I was sending them content that was letting them know this was coming? Mm -hmm. How much was I posting on social media letting people know that this thing was going to exist? How much was I using uh, podcast, YouTube, any of the other channels that I have to get people warmed up? Was I doing this for four to six weeks ahead of time? Or did I just drop a note one week before and it kind of like wamboozled people and they're like, wait, what? What are you doing? I've never even oh, I've heard that you're heard, doing this. I've never heard wamboozled. Wamboozled. Like I've heard of bamboozled. Like it's wamboozled. It's wamboozled. It's wamboozled. Yeah. It's not like bamboozled like I tricked you. No. It's like, oh, I surprised you. Like yeah. wamboozled. Wamboozled. You got wamboozled. <laughs> but that that part of the Post Malone to, to us is the most important. And I think it's the thing that if you, if you want to ask Thank you for asking this question, everybody. Oh, of course. Um, if you wanted to ask us, what do you think your number one secret to having successful launches launches is over time? It's pre-marketing. Yes. It is doing lead-up content focused for four, six, eight weeks every single time we launch. There is not a single time in our lives when we have ever thrown a sales page up, sent one email about it and then just, oh, we launched and it did well. Never, we always have lead up content. We're always giving away some of that content. I think as we talked about in the last episode, you said 90% we're giving. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen to the last episode, you will not get why that is hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, that really is truly the secret to how we have had successful launches and successes in air quotes because that is determined by you and how you define it. Yep. But for us, that means not having zero sales in every launch. And it's because we have always done pre-marketing lead up to our email list, on social, through our other channels. Yep. Okay. Okay. After the Post Malone, what do we have left here? This is the final one. So we just, you know, we've seen this happen to plenty of people before. And and I think this one is, a, is, I would say out of all of them, a little bit of the tough love part of this. Let's do it. So preparing you for that. But if you are a creator and you're someone who makes things, just know that with this disappointment, what you're probably going to do, it's going to be your instinct to fall back on creating instead mm. of marketing. Mm. So from here, you're going to go, okay, I just, I got to, I got to scrap the whole product. I yeah. got to redo the product. I got to, yeah. you're going to go back into creating mode. Yes. And it's because that's where it's fun. Yep. And that's where you feel comfortable. Yes. And that's where you have the most control. But nine times out of 10, after this whole, I got zero sales, 
we need you to not go back to creating mode. We need you to go to marketing mode. Yeah, this is the mistake that we see most often when it comes to a, a launch didn't go well, what am I gonna do next? You fall back into the things that you're really comfortable with. And unfortunately, none of those things are the things that are actually gonna help you sell this thing moving forward. Because all you're doing, can I just interrupt you? I'm sorry. I would love for you to do that. What you're actually doing when you do that, you go, okay, back to the drawing board. You, you know, redesign the course. Yes. You na name it something different. New you sales record page new videos. Layout. You do the new sales page. What you're doing is now all the work you put into, you know, figuring out the combination on that Nicolas Cage lock that you yeah, have in front yeah. of you. You just started from scratch now. Yeah. You don't have any glyphs in place. You yeah. haven't figured out any piece of it. And you've just actually, you know what you've done? Let's tell me about it. You've, you've taken one of those twisty locks you got undo and you've and added you've, another one. Well, not even that. You've like reset it completely and now yeah. it has a new combination to be unlocked. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and this is the thing we see so often is that amount of time and energy that you're going to pour back into the design, the branding, the sales page, all this stuff that is the time that needs to be put into your content, your marketing, your marketing bridges, understanding your customers better, understanding if your audience is right, doing more things to grow your audience and to put yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think that's the biggest thing that we could tell you in this part of the post-launch journey is you have to embrace uncomfortability. Yeah. You have to do the things that you aren't comfortable with because those are typically the, the the weak spots in your business. That's not to say you are weak. That's just to say you have weaknesses in your those business Those are the strategy. opportunities, right? Those are the places where you need to invest more time. And here's the other thing. And, and I think this is something that is very easy to get caught up in is then you go, okay, I know I need to do more promotion stuff. I'm going to go buy another course on Instagram marketing. I'm going to go buy another course on email list building. You know all this stuff. You have been in business for long enough. You have read all the articles. You probably already purchased all the courses, the eBooks, you've watched the videos. You know enough. You need to apply and do the things. And I think that that is something that a lot of people also fall into is, okay, well now I'm just gonna go into learning and research mode again. Mm -hmm. You know enough. You already know enough. You're just not executing mm -hmm. enough of what you already know. And that's not to beat you up. That's just to tell you, you, you're, you're good. Just mm -hmm. now build a plan and now execute on that plan next time around. Yeah, it's almost like a good journaling exercise, I think, would be to sit down and ask yourself, what are the things in my business, the activities, the to-dos, that make me the most uncomfortable and the ones that I experience the most resistance around? Yes. And you make a list of those things and you just get really honest with yourself and you say, yeah, sending an email to my list feels uncomfortable or... Uh, posting on social. Posting on social media makes me feel yeah. uncomfortable. And... Each of those things really ask yourself what, what, you know, get to the heart of why you feel scared about that thing. What do yep. you think is going to happen? What emotion are you avoiding? Um, and then make a list of, and then ask yourself, do I think if I did this more often, it would help my business? Yeah. Like really have that moment with yourself where you go, okay, I know I've been resisting this, but I do actually think that this would contribute to different, better results. And then finally go, okay, here's how I'm going to cultivate courage in this area. I'm going to promise myself that I'm going to send, you know, I'm going to double the amount of sales emails in my next launch. Yes. And that is a commitment I'm making to myself to get better and to get more um, resilient around this area. Or, you know, it scares me to post my post on social media leading up to a launch or telling people I have this thing. I'm going to commit to posting about it five times or whatever yep. those are. Like, I think that's a good exercise so that you can actually see what Jason's saying, which is 
you know, these comfort areas that we go back to, we go back to learning and we yep. go back to educating ourselves yep. or we go back to creating. Yep. And it's because these are our safe zones. Yes. And yet the irony is that the thing that is going to drive results in your business are the things that are in your discomfort zones. Yeah, absolutely. And that's always sales and marketing for most of us. I would yeah. Say. And, and I think that there is so much to be said for the more that you can do those things that are uncomfortable, we all know this. It's like working out. Everyone yeah. hates working out. But as soon as you work out for two weeks and you just do something every day, by the end of that second week, you're like, this isn't that bad. Like I, I, I'm doing 10 minute workouts on YouTube. I could probably do a 15 right. minute workout, but doing a 15 minute workout two weeks ago, you, there's no way you would have done it. Right. Of course, that's different depending on your, you know, everyone has different bodies. Everyone has different Absolutely. abilities. I want to just note yeah. that, that metaphor. And everybody has different time for their businesses too. Like exactly. that's, that's the other thing is, is we're, we're very aware of the fact that we are two people who can split the work and we don't have kids and you know there's a lot of freedom and flexibility to our schedules and so we can do a lot more than most people but what we're trying to show you are all the things that we would do when we were working mm -hmm. solo on our businesses and when we were trying to sort all this stuff out and hopefully giving you just the permission to tell yourself it's okay to live in the uncomfortable things because yeah. they will get less uncomfortable exactly. the more you do them exactly that's the point yeah so i hope that this that's it those are our notes. Yeah. I hope that this episode, while extremely sort of specific, we like doing these these episodes every once in a while because I like the idea of having a place that you can go when a very specific thing happens in your business to just hear some friendly voices reminding you that you're not some outlier. You're not alone. Yeah. This happens to all of us. You are not a bad person. You are not a bad entrepreneur. Yeah. This is, as Jason put it, I think the best thing you said was just oh, go on. your sash. This is another badge this on your sash. This is another badge on your sash. And you're going to get more in the future. Let's and start selling an entrepreneurial <laughs> sash, you know? And like just a like Girl Scout designing sash. little little badges for it. That's and, cute. You know, I think that'd be cute. Just start wearing it. Yeah. All right, we'll do that. Okay. Put it up on Etsy. All What's right. up? Hmm. All right, let's get into some movies here. We've got two movies to share with you. All right. So classic movie night. Classic movie night. We watched Poseidon. Mm-hmm. I don't have the, the dates written down, but anyway, we because I just it's the remake of it's the, the yeah the like two thousand whatever it was Poseidon yeah. and Gone in sixty seconds which I had never seen before. Let's start with Gone in sixty seconds. Let's rip the bandaid off. Okay. Because Nick Cage. Oh, that's fun. Oh, didn't that even is think fun. about that. Wow, that was a fun one. Okay, so Gone in sixty seconds also a remake, I believe. Um, oh, it was. I think so. Yeah. Oh, starring oh, Nicholas. Right, right, right. Nicholas Cage, Giovanni Ribisi. Um, oh, I didn't even write notes. Uh, <laughs> You know it's uh, Angelina Jolie. Sure. Was she in the movie? No. Or did she have three lines because she was just a female Let's just in start the movie? There. Let's just start there. Okay. So I saw this movie when it came out because I was a bro at that time. And like, you know. That was your bro era. Just, yeah. And we all have skeletons in our closet. And I think I maybe watched this movie one other time, but it was at least 10 years ago that I watched it. Okay. When we sat down to watch this movie, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, Nicolas Cage is in this a lot. Giov Giovanni Ribisi is in this a lot. Angelina Jolie is in this a lot. Yeah. That's literally what I thought about yeah, this movie. Yeah, the, the uh, marketing team was banking on the fact that you would walk away with that feeling. Absolutely. Angelina Jolie was in this movie for like six minutes total. She, it's not even that. It's that 
She's the only woman in the movie. She yeah. has about three lines, and she only exists to be the sexual object of the main character. It's awful, and it's really bad. Yeah, it's all, like, it is honestly. So it should be some type of like case study. We started we started to rewatch this movie, and right before we started, because we've talked about it for a couple weeks, I'm like, I'm so excited for Caroline to watch this because it's like a car movie, but like there's yeah, you know, there's like romance and there's like a heist and like that romance. type of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Loose. And then we start to watch it, and I'm I'm sitting there as the person who wanted to watch this movie, and I'm like. This is not good. <laughs> it's not, like objectively this, not good. Objectively, it's just bad on like a lot of levels, but a lot of the like, we're smarter now in 2021 levels. Yeah, and, and just, okay, so take that piece out of it, which you can't, but that probably is what turned me off kind of about it immediately. But I also was just like very not... Like I was bored. Like you I don't was care about bored. any of the characters. Exactly. That's what it was. That's Thank what you. it is. It was like, I'm not invested in yeah. these relationships. I, this brotherly thing that's happening. I'm not, I don't believe it. Like yeah. it's, it's not the right, the writers did not give you anything to like really yeah. build up this relationship. Um, and I just, I mean, they sort of tried to do the like heist film thing where they had like little bit, all yeah. the different characters on like the team. But I think it was before they had really figured out, yeah. I, they being Hollywood, had figured out that formula. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it like came out. Like the Fast and Furious movies where you're like, exactly. oh, like I get these characters, I get the heists that were going on. Like it feels like it's high stakes. This like, it almost didn't even feel high stakes. Also, speaking of high stakes, I was like, how many cars? 50? Is it 50 cars? <laughs> I or think 100 it's 50? cars. It's gotta be 50. I can't remember Is now. 100 cars? I was like, <laughs> who cares? I was like, That's the point of this, this movie. This is logistically impossible. It really I was is. so mad. I was like, this is not. Here's my this here's is my not 2021 feasible. review because I I literally don't even want to talk about this movie anymore. That's how upset I am about okay. it. Okay. Who cares? Who cares? That's my all caps. Who cares? Exclamation point. That's my review of this movie. Yeah. So you know what it gets on the rotten potatoes? Zero. No, you gave it a five. <laughs> you gave it a five. I gave it a 4.5. I want to give it less now. Me too. Two and a half. Okay, great. Not a two. I'm giving it a two. Okay. What are you giving it? One and a half? I have to give it less than you because you were at least in front of the TV. I started washing the dishes <laughs> 10 more minutes before you did. You did. the movie you did. was over. And I didn't even ask if you wanted to pause it. No, I just totally you just got were it. like... And, and I don't okay. know why we didn't turn it off. I think it's just like I wanted to no, finish it. No, I give it. it a couple of points for like... Cars. The car stuff was cool and fun. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could have seen her face. Hold on. Let me reenact that for you okay. so you can see what you okay. look like. Okay. The car stuff was cool and fun. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's just a picture funny like a, an eye roll and like a like cool very and exasperated. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think it was an ensemble cast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on because I don't want to talk about the stupid movie Okay. Anymore. That was a no-go from us. Poseidon. And then Poseidon. So. so Poseidon had been on our list for quite a long time because disaster movie, uh, disaster movie at sea. There's not, you know, a ton of these, especially in the like a giant wave hits a boat, spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. And I went into this movie not remembering a lot. I actually thought the main character was a whole different actor. I thought it was the dad from Friday Night Lights. Oh, really? I thought he was the main character of this no. movie. No. What the, movie are you thinking of? Uh, I don't know, but the main character of this movie is... <laughs> Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas and Kurt Russell. Forgot Kurt both Russell of them were in, in this movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to know what our notes were? Yeah, that we let's wrote? do it. I always love our hot take like right after watching it. Right after it. watching it. Dialogue was so bad. <laughs> yes. Very cheesy. Yes. But action and set design was great. Got to the action quickly. Yeah. Fergie? Question mark. <laughs> Why? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so a couple things from this movie. Uh, we did learn later on in the trivia that they cut like 45 minutes out of this movie. Which was and all like you backstory. Feel it. Yeah. You feel it. You do not feel 
any type of lead up or connection you between don't. the characters. And also, it, yeah, I noticed that you got to the action in the movie really quickly. And we were sort of like, oh, that was cool. Like that they just like said. But then as the movie goes on, you realize, oh, I really would have liked a little bit of setup between these characters. I was going to say, like, I, I like the thing in a movie where you get right into the action. And then I'm 100% okay with Let's pull- 72 hours ago. Yes. Like I, yes. I enjoy that. Do the move. flashback. Do the build I enjoy up. that move to be like, okay, hold on. How a second. did this all come together? The ship just got hit by a wave, and I understand that everything's going to hell. Yeah. But now we're seventy-two hours ago. I know what's going to happen, but, but like now we're it, learning. But things. how did it all yeah. unfold? Yeah. yeah. I also, in my mind, before we started watching this, confused it with Speed Two Cruise Control. Right. Which also on a ship. Don't you dare. Don't you dare don't watch you that dare. movie. No. Don't you dare shit on that movie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I sorry. like that movie. Yeah. Um. But I realized now that. To me, I think, despite the cheesy dialogue, that's like a better execution of this style of movie because I remember there was more buildup. There was more like, yeah. how do these characters like meet on the thing? How do they... I will say, just from my perspective, yes, I think the writing was the worst part of this movie it for is. me. I don't necessarily care as much about the backstory. Honestly, the set design and the... like. Uh, action carried this movie for it me. It did, for sure. It's it's really some of the best they in really a disaster movie of it. that time. They really invested. And I think financially they did invest yeah, they in did. it. We talked about. They didn't get that money back. But even like just to, just a real quick like imagine this picture real uh, in the movie. There's a big ballroom on this ship. Giant ballroom, chandeliers, lots of tables. You know, two floors or whatever. You know what that looks like. You mm-hmm. can imagine that in your mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Flip it upside down because right. the ship flips upside down. It was really cool. cool. Like, it, you don't see that a lot of movies. It's like Inception, how, like, you get a lot of, like, the warping of, of the world yeah. and the turning of, you know, things on their head. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? Did you lay upside down on your bed and picture if your house, if you were walking on the ceiling? No. Did anyone else do this? <laughs> please, please let us know on Instagram or an email. I used to lay on a couch or my bed upside down and then picture, like, so you see how door frames don't go all the way to the floor? I do, yeah. I would picture, like, if the ceiling was the floor and I'd be like, oh, you have to step over that. Wow. Yeah. That what was an game imaginative little kid. Thanks. Congratulations. Appreciate it. All right. What did we give Poseidon? I gave it a six, I and think, I, due to dialogue. Yeah. And you gave it a seven because I think the action. The action carried it. And we the were entertained. I will say that. Definitely entertained. Uh, yeah. Definitely just the writing really let you down. Like that to me is probably why it wasn't higher. If I, I, I seem to remember some, not news stories about this, but like reading up about this movie, I think they really thought it was going to be like a blockbuster because the, right. the premise of it being a disaster movie and pouring all this money into it. Right. You know, maybe it was like a couple years after Titanic or yeah. that whole thing. I think they really expected it to do really well. And I think it might've been a scenario of a lot of high stakes writers in the room arguing over yeah. stuff and yeah. like not sort of being afraid to take a clear tone. And so everything comes off very vanilla and just cheesy. Um, and we did find out that Fergie supposedly there was a storyline with Fergie being the uh, the singer on the boat. Yeah. You know how there's like entertainment on cruises. Having some type of relationship with the captain, but they don't establish oh, that not, at all. Yeah. So you have one scene where Fergie's yeah. singing in a just over-the-top way. And also you're like, this movie, this immediately dates the movie because yeah. you know when Fergie was popular. Totally. And then later on in the movie, she just like comes up and hugs the captain. The captain, like, by the way, is the same actor who plays the captain in Brooklyn Nine-Nine for those of oh, you who yes. watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's great. Yeah. And so we're like... Always a captain. Yeah, always a captain. And so we're like, why are you guys hugging? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very <laughs> like awkward. You're just you're like, sad? 
I mean, I guess like it's the end of your lives what? in the world, so you're Spoiler just going alert? for it. Yeah, it's very silly. <laughs> anyway, Poseidon. All right, those are our two movies. That's our episode. We are in Florida. Mm-hmm. We're going to record another episode tomorrow, which will come out a week after this episode. But we're excited to kind of share more stuff with you while we're on our travels, give you some little uh, bits and bobs. I think maybe tomorrow in the preamble as well, we could talk about some of our travel lessons learned. Could be kind of fun to share because we wrote some notes. Just to remind you, yeah. we do have an, a, a full time travel debrief. Yeah, as the I know, content but I'm calendar so manager, to share I, some of I these know things. You are. It's real time. I want to share with her friends. I know. I know. But yeah. we still have like mm, two Don't thirds. Worry. Hey guys, hey. Sh- she hey. can't hear me. Real quick. <laughs> I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> I'm going to spoil all the spoilers. Excuse me. Are, I'm going to give you. Hey, I'm talking to my friends. Are you friends. talking to anyone? You can't hear me. I'm going to tell you every detail you've ever wanted to know because I love you. <laughs> all right. That'll do it for this episode. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, Carol. <laughs> you hang up. No, you hang up. Okay, you hang up. Okay, we're okay. hanging up now. Okay, we're going to hang up, everybody. All right, fine. Yeah, all right. No, but you oh, guys hang come up. Come on. Okay. Let's stay up a little longer. Oh, I can't. I got to get up early. I got a big meeting. <laughs>